Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca. And I'm Pastor Chad. And today was our, not today, but this past Sunday was our first week of the new round of the Narrative Lectionary. For those of you who perhaps don't know what the Narrative Lectionary is, it is... It tells a story. It does. It tells a story. It tells the biblical story, um, starting with Genesis. In the beginning. In the beginning. And it runs um, from uh, September all the way through till whenever Pentecost is in 2022. I think it's in June this year. I was going to say May, June, somewhere in there through Pentecost. And we go from literally Genesis to Revelation. Um, and sometimes we don't get to Revelation. Sometimes we don't. Depends Sorry. on the year. Depends Sorry, on the I know year. My guess is we do this year because it's John's Gospel this year. So oh. my guess is we're going to focus on some John stuff. Didn't look that far. I haven't looked that far either, but that would be my guess. Yeah. Um, but so that's that's kind of what we do there. And our opening text this week was creation in the beginning in the beginning if you're going to tell a story you got to start at the beginning yeah yeah in the beginning when god began to create or god formless was, void it was this formless void and and all of that um so that we we know the creation most people if they know anything <laughs> any story out of the bible the creation story typically is one they're gonna know yeah um if for no other reason than all the debates that swim around it um, in terms of, of uh, people getting into these big arguments over evolution versus my creationism. High my high school. Yeah. So Dover School Board versus whoever, I don't know, uh, went all the way to the Supreme Court, the whole uh, creation versus evolution. Oh, yeah, that's my high school. Yay. Yeah, I... I per- I never understood the debate to begin with. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. And I, 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 you know, as I got older and got a little bit more, I, I guess, aware of some of the arguments about it, it, I, I don't know. It, it had never, I grew up in a, a family of scientists. So, you know, my father was a doctor. My mother was a medical technologist. Um, so science, but also especially my mother, very deeply uh, faithful religious woman um, who was definitely the one that was, let's go to church and, and things like that. I'm not saying my dad doesn't have faith. It just maybe isn't quite as... Um, Forward. Yeah, it isn't. He's, he's more of a, I, I, I like God out when I'm hunting and fishing kind of thing. Um. <laughs> so, so it's really interesting. So this whole argument over creation is really is really an argument about whether science and God can coexist. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the argument. Can there be science and can there be God? Yeah. And in my world, it always has. Right. Because both were very integral in, in my upbringing is both faith and science. Yeah. So I had a parishioner at a former congregation who was a scientist and also happened to be deeply, deeply faithful. And we did a Bible study um, on faith and science. She did a phenomenal job of laying out this argument, probably too much so because she went into such scientific detail that like my eyes rolled back in my head, glazed over, and 
she lost me. But essentially, she was breaking down the mathematics behind the probability of creation actually happening and pointing to God as that reason. You know, so, so, okay, so just because creation didn't happen the way, I'm going to, sorry, just because creation scientifically didn't happen the way the Bible lays it out on day one, on day two, on day three, on day four, on day five, blah, 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 blah on day six. You know, on the seventh day, God was tired and took a nap. You know, just because creation may not have create, have happened that exact way in that exact timeline doesn't mean that God was not involved in creation. Right. And that's where people get hung up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, it becomes that understanding things literally um, yes. versus what kind of literature we're reading. I mean, most... Um, non-literalist readings of it you know look at it as almost it's a liturgical kind of it, it's not straight up poetry um it's not it's not a straight up poetic right. piece but there is a poetic um sort of uh structure to it from the standpoint of you have the the phases of creation and then there's this and god saw it and it was good and then there was evening and there was morning the second day and right. then God saw it and it was good. And there was evening. And, and there's even an interesting kind of numerology thing that plays into it for in the Hebrew where the first verse is seven words. The second verse is 14 words. So on and so forth. Uh. Yeah. So seven, seven, so, you know, there, yeah. there's, there's that that plays out, um, within the, uh, I learned something today. Yeah. I didn't that. know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's there's a lot there that we're not um, privy to because of... Translation stink. Translations <laughs> and, and all those kinds of things. Sort of like when I talked about how we we tend to look at that that whole subdue or dominate the earth and we take that as we can do whatever we want and, you know, make it ours sort of thing where the Hebrew is a much more nuanced um, kind of creative creating out of, you know, uh, uh, creating out of chaos and putting order, um, ordering the chaos kind of idea, um, even behind what we're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, I mean, to me, to, to be pitted against science over some translations and, and when you even look at things like what does a day mean, um, there are a lot of, lot of debates over, you know, the day of the Lord, for example, is more of a millennium, <laughs> uh, kind of, you know, idea where it's, it's, it's an age, it's an era. It's you mean not, it's not 24 hours on it, Sunday. Not according to certain things like that. Don't tell the church. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you're thinking of the Lord's Day as opposed to, quote, the day of the Lord, mm. like the coming day of the true, Lord. True, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is, I'm talking about an era, sort of. Gotcha, 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 yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so to get, for me, just to get hung up on those things misses the whole point. Just completely misses why Genesis 1 exists and, and what it's there for. And the, the whole point of it is to tell us something about the nature of the God behind the creation. Um, is there is there an ordering involved that that gives order to the chaos? Yes, and and this is supposed to you know. I tell think us we something. need that now. Some, Some order to the yes. chaos. 
Yeah, there is a lot of chaos right now and a lot of... And, and you know what? Here's maybe you know the irony. Maybe irony is not the right word, but we're kind of still having this chaos currently around science and, and faith. faith. Yes, we are. I can't get the vaccine because it's against my faith. Science, faith, faith, right. science. And moves us into that idea of God making us co-creators. Yeah. Uh, that I talk about in my sermon. Yep. And and so and I, I this is another part of scripture that I think we've kind of bastardized. You know, it's oh, we have dominion over. Dominion over, which means we can do what we want with creation. Yeah. That's what I said. It's more it, yeah. it's less about that and more yep. about the stewardship and the and the the ordering of the chaos and and kind of doing what what God did from from that standpoint of we're invited in to the creative process of of you know he says go forth multiply you know do these things um, continue to create yeah. continue to create I, I I've made you now you go make <laughs> yeah um you know now you go you go do things and I got the ball rolling yeah keep it rolling keep it and rolling. here's the here, I think you know in a lot of ways our actions are less about keeping the ball rolling than stopping the ball from rolling. No. Say more. So we've said this in, in previous podcasts. What does the world revolve around? Well, me. Besides you. <laughs> Besides you. Money. Money. So many of our decisions that affect creation and negatively impact creation are made because they have a positive effect on money. Yeah. So we're back to this same thing. You know, God, Economic impact. God got the ball rolling and said, hey, you know, I created, now you as co-creators go and continue to create. Awesome. And that's great. But in so many ways, the ways in which we're now, quote, creating are detrimental to God's creation. You know, we live coastal Florida. Um, Lake Okeechobee, algae blooms, toxic algae in our waterways. <laughs> Why? Mm -hmm. Money. Yeah. It, it, it's economic. Um, Although I think some people are starting to realize that there is a negative economic impact yes. to all the algae in yes. the water as well. The green algae affects the green in your pocket, so now we have to pay attention. Yes. Yep. Yeah. There's there's an economic um, impact in terms of people are like, well, I came down here to get in my boat and play in the water, and I can't do that because the water will kill me. <laughs> it's it's it, and and yeah. I know that that you know becomes one of those those issues of then this area goes well, people are leaving and not staying here, which means the money's going elsewhere because they can't enjoy creation yeah. they can't enjoy uh the things that were meant to be enjoyed and you know i think that's something we forget too is that you know creation is there for our our yes our use but also just our our enjoyment for you know it's 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 there to provide it's there to um be something that that sustains our lives and that we are supposed to be living in some kind of harmony with 
And in harmony with, in terms of a kind of allowing creation to be creation, allowing um, the the chaos to be a little bit of the chaos. I like the harmony. I, I like I like that word. I like I like the harmony. Yeah, where instead of trying to control it, subdue it, and dominate it, it's more live alongside of it and with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, there may be some people that get very offended by this, uh, but I I think that Native American spirituality was onto something in terms of how they live in in harmony with nature now where i disagree with them is they turn everything into you know the the trees have spirits the yeah, yeah, you yeah. know yeah, and and it's it's mother earth and and all of that kind of stuff and and the the creation becomes the deity but you can understand how easily um the people go there in terms of instead of looking at at quote to the god behind the creation where the creation itself has this is is living but and, it, it, and it and it is something we're supposed to be respectful of that religious philosophy very much though um led them to an honoring of creation in yes. real and tangible ways that we don't often see today so no. I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think, I think, from a Native American standpoint, you know, their spirituality in terms of creation and care for creation was spot on. Now, again, you're, they tied it like the tree is the spiritual being as opposed to God created the tree, right? But that led them to a much better biblical care of creation. Yes, um, I mean, their biblical care of creation was was paramount. I mean, they were they lived, they, they recognized their need. For creation to survive and enjoy and and because of that they cared for it yeah in ways that you know we don't we take the more we're going to dominate and subdue nature to our benefit as opposed to work with nature and within nature um, for the betterment of all of us yeah and and I think we forget that the the things around us, even the trees, are living things. I mean, they aren't necessarily sentient from the standpoint of you know having a conscious that we know of. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's true. I, I mean, you know, to the best of our knowledge, uh, that that is not a thing. Um, People talk to plants, but and yeah. say that the, and say that that. Yeah, well, I, usually it's the carbon, carbon dioxide. You know, yeah. Scientifically speaking, I'm, it's the carbon dioxide that you're spewing that they're, they're taking in and photosynthesizing and all that fun yeah. stuff. But, um, I, you know, who am I to say? The point being, yeah. the point <laughs> being. I, I just had the picture of Bob Ross painting happy little flowers and happy trees, little trees. Happy little trees. Um, uh, that the, the creation is not here for us to abuse and that's unfortunately i think kind of what we do we we really do um abuse it and and do things to it that it, it's it rebels it yeah. has its own you know kind of way of of correction sometimes yep uh, and like what, what we're dealing with right now in terms of lots of the the climate change kind of things that are going on um, is sort of nature's way of of correcting some of the stuff that's that's you know or there at least it's being caused by you know the superstorms and that we're seeing so much more of and yeah um, things like that is and and I know there's a debate over how much 
human intervention has led to that. But when 97% of, of climatologists say we have had that impact, I'm prone to believe them just because I tend to go, okay, I'm not an expert in this field. I'm going to look at where the experts are and where do the vast majority of the experts fall on these issues? Getting 97% of anyone to agree about anything is really hard to do. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where um, I fall. I, I, me too. I'm in, like, in terms I, of, of most things, honestly, is <laughs> I look to the experts for things I just, I don't know that much about or... And, and, um, what, what was the, what was Trident gum? Three out of four dentists recommend Trident. <laughs> there you go. 75% of dentists recommend Trident. People are like, oh, I'm going to shoot Trident because it's okay. 97% of scientists agree about, you know, climate change. And we're like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to guess. That Choose some a... Trident and listen to the scientists. Yeah. I'm going to guess there's a bigger economic impact, uh, on, on listening to the climate scientists and whether or not you buy Trident gum. Probably. Yeah, unless you're the owner of Trident. Maybe I'll buy some Trident stock. <laughs> Probably not. I, I, yeah. So I, I love this, cre I love cre the creation story. I paint creation. Yeah. Um, I, I paint the, the, the days of creation. I, I, I get kind of obsessed with that, actually. I, I do it over and over again, where there's just something about that creative process of being able to, you know, put it on canvas. And something I did when I was doing, um, I guess called creative faith. And we would, I would get people um, who wanted to learn kind of to paint or whatever. And we would do a series on creation. And what I would do is I would give people different translations of the same passage. So day one of creation. Okay. And I would take it from a King James version. I would take it from a uh, um, New Revised Standard Version, an NIV, the Message Bible, and I love me some Eugene Peterson. Oh yeah, message. yeah. Well, inky blackness is what what uh, the Message Bible talks about. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's an inky blackness. Of... I, I wonder. I wonder what it would look like if we use the message as our regular translation in worship, how much people would revolt. I don't know. I, I don't know. I did it before. I yeah. I, I, was... I, th I think it has been used here before. It's an interesting it has, translation. Yeah, and, it is an interesting and translation. Oddly enough, as long it... as you're not looking at it as this is trying to cap that, that translation is trying to capture the essence of, yes. and all translations are interpretations. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing people need to, to understand is what astounded me in seminary is is the message does a really really great job of capturing the meaning of the original greek and hebrew yes like it really does like yeah. again it doesn't sound it doesn't always sound as um biblical because it's not traditional it's not what we typically read it's not king james right and the lang and the language. language it's like king james in the other direction yeah so for me the king james bible doesn't sound biblically because these and thou's and thus's and ugh, whatever but the message goes to the complete other other side of it. But it really, really, in spite of the modernized language, um, not only is it more accessible for a lot of people, it, it's really a great translation in terms of capturing the essence of the text in, yeah. in the majority of Scripture. Yeah, it, it tries really hard to, um, like you said, to, to capture sort of the spirit, the essence of it, without necessarily 
no, it's not a verbatim, like the NIV, the NRSV are a little bit more trying to do a verbatim translation of yeah. the, you know, this was this word, this is, but they're, you know, again, they're having to make choices yeah. uh, and in how they translate certain words, because, you know, you got to love the fact that things like uh, the, the Greek and the Hebrew prepositions, um, one preposition can mean about 10 different things. Yeah. And so you have to decide, okay, is, does it mean in, by, with, or as, you know, it's, it's, yeah. and, so, and which completely changes the meaning depending in English. Yeah. So, so okay. So you gave people the same verse, different mm -hmm. translations. Said, yes. Go, go. Yes. And take your translation and then translate it, that into a visual. Oof. Paint that, that visual. So how about stick figures? Can I draw stick figures? Because that's more my artistic speed. Not until you get to day six. Mm. I mean, that's, I guess you could do a stick that's, tree. That's true. You could do a stick tree. Well, technically a tree is a stick, so I'm good there. So there you go. Yeah. You could do the stick tree. Um that's, stick an fish. that's an interesting. So how different were people's paintings based on the translations? Very. It was it was one of the best exercises. I love doing it because I love seeing how other people visualize the written word so how artistic were the folks who participated are we talking like um on a scale of one to ten with one being stick figures and two being like van gogh or rembrandt um okay I, so on that scale of one to ten what are you just for because i have I, i've seen some of your art so i know i have an idea of where you are well, I'm certainly not a Van Gogh or Rembrandt. I wasn't going to say it. Yeah, but hey. yeah, that, that's 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 not. I I would put myself <laughs> probably at about a seven. Okay, so a seven. Okay, so yeah. so this group of folks who gathered for this really weird creationy painty thing, where were they on the, on that scale? Um, were they, they like were twos and threes, or were they like fives they, and above? There or? there was anywhere from a one, like I would say from 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 one to about five. Okay, so not art, not artistic. People. No, no, most of them oh, were not. There okay. were a few gems. There, there were a few people that that um, kind of blossomed. I, okay, I'm thinking more about when I was blossoms. in. I, I should say I'm thinking more about in my first call than when I did it here. I would say okay. there are, there are some some people pushing the six um, here or were, there. That were here. Oh, um, so we're more creatively artistic here than other. Wow, go go Emmanuel. Go figures. I yeah, know. Yeah, go figure. Interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a wide variety and but, you know, kind of the first one what I loved about it was, you know, it's that first day of of God said let there be light and there was light. So really all you're doing at that point is just playing around with light and dark and and how you want to depict light shining in darkness kind of thing oh, okay. and i yeah. got that one yeah and i'm there i, I got yeah, a picture in my head whether or not i can take that picture in my head and actually put it onto canvas maybe not but i at least could picture what that could look like right and believe it or not i bet you could probably get some semblance of what you have in your head out if you were just given the, the, the tools yeah to I, do so it. i think so i guess my struggle is Sorry, this is like down a different rabbit hole, but y'all are listening, so just deal with it. My, I guess my, my, so is the person's interpretation based on their interpretation overall, or was it based on the actual uh, 
translation of scripture that made their translation look different. Yeah, and and I mean, so so I'm going more scientific, right? On on the you know the the uh, the, the scientific research of it, which probably isn't again the right way to go or really for this podcast, but I'm kind of fascinated, and y'all are along for the journey. Well, uh, this one this one person who got, who got the Message Bible version of it, um, she really went down that that inky blackness. I oh, mean, nice. she she yeah she she really kind of had a this big kind of blobby black thing yeah. going on um and but it really it, it it to me what it was was number number one um painting creation and and the days of creation was again part of that co-creative process because this is a creative process of what this was but it also i think helped people tap into their imaginations of what these you know Art, believe it or not, has a huge influence on how we view and think about things. So if I say, for example, if I read the story of Adam and Eve and they ate a f- ate fruit, what fruit do you It's think an of? apple, baby. Why do you say that? Because that's what, I don't know. Like that's what we Because kind of, that's, that's what the, the artwork. Art, right. That's what the art says. You have seen, yeah. has always said, because guess yep. where that artwork comes from? Renaissance. Washington. Renaissance artwork. <laughs> Washington <laughs> Renaissance artwork that's European where guess what they ate lots of apples they yeah. had lots of apple trees so uh, if, that was in, if that East, was in Florida it would be oranges probably or mangoes or mangoes or mangoes um ancient Near East it was probably a fig tree I mean most likely it was yeah. or a pomegranate or something along well so lines. let's let's take that a step further um what color? You know, what does Jesus look like? There's so many paintings of Jesus that we grew up with. You know, Norwegian Jesus, light hair, blue eyes. The chances of Jesus having white hair and blue eyes are about the same chance of me um, having w- a baby, having a baby, or winning the Masters, or whatever. Yeah, like it's it's not a thing. Yeah, and. But that is how art art has influenced the I mean, power of art. The power of right. art, the power of the uh, the creative mind, so to speak, that has then gone out and influenced, um, and and so much of how we, I mean, we all know the 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 Sistine Chapel kind of creation, you know, the Adam and God touching Adams, you know, yep. and. And of course, in seminary, I had both art history when I was in college, and then I go and I study actual, again, some of that stuff when I was in seminary, we're doing wisdom literature, and it opened up all these brand new things, especially Michelangelo's artwork. But um, the what, what I find so fascinating about it, though, is the interpretive process that people go through. And I don't think we think that through very often when we get into these debates about science and creation, whatever, is we're not paying attention to the creative process of writing about creation, of the person who chose to write about creation mm-hmm. and was going, I am going to write about how God created. And I guarantee whoever that person was, there was a whole lot of stuff that went into how they were influenced and how they were inspired to write that so that it would make a visual in your head yep. with it. Yep. And so to reduce it down 
to that argument Monday, of 24 this hour day. Monday this to happened. Me, Tuesday this happened. Yeah, Wednesday this happened. I get, I, Sunday God rested. Yeah, I, I just t- t- that to me just reduces it down to something that is is less beautiful and less creative and less because you know i just it's I, stifling I and confining cos- i have this cosmic idea just of god's creative process where he does this this stuff and he allows it to be and to flourish and and to, you know to, this isn't a video podcast grow. right and they can't see my arms going got up the, and being yes the duck in here for god's <laughs> sake <laughs> i'm a uh expressive talker with my hands we're conducting an orchestra in here as God's creation. God's Music. creation is an orchestra. Music. Yeah. So um, you are familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia. Ish. Chronicles yes. of Narnia. Uh, the, the one that they did not make into a movie. Oh, then no. Was called The Magician's <laughs> Nephew. And in The Magician's Nephew, there is a scene of Aslan, who is mm-hmm. the Christ kind of figure, sings creation into existence. And it's this beautiful... Thank God that's not me singing creation into existence or it wouldn't be this pretty. Yeah. Well, you know. Thanks be to God. But, but the power of the, the spoken word, the power of the musical word, yeah. and the, the sort of, there's this, this rhythmic um, tone to the universe that all of creation is, is somehow tied together with this, this sort of, um, underlying rhythm or tone that that holds the creation together, uh, and and this is not unique to Christianity. Right. Um, Hindus have the Om, you know, the Om kind of thing that they believe that is the underlying hum, uh, sort of tone to all of creation. That that that's the creative force there, um, that comes out of the Brahman, which is very similar to our our understanding of a creator god kind of um idea but that is you know that that notion of that creative process and and looking at the fact that that the story of genesis is a creative work of literature that someone was writing to evoke an emotional response was writing to evoke um, the grandeur of what was happening um, right. to get us to connect to this God that is behind the creation yeah. and that created out of love as opposed to the, the Enuma Elish, which is the Babylonian mythology of yeah. Tiamat and Marduk going, duking it out and fighting. And then he makes the earth out of her body and, that's where you get the Mother Earth goddess kind of I, idea. You know, as as you were as you were talking, I was picturing you know, some of those shows on the Discovery Channel, like the nature shows mm-hmm. that show like nature unfolding and like the time be- lapse and like time lapse things and just the beauty that that is captured in some of those programs. And and I think you're right. I think when we talk about about creation and we put it in this little Monday through Sunday box, it's really limiting. And then when you look at, at, at the grandeur of creation, you go, it, it is like it's this massive, unfathomable, beautiful thing, sometimes destructive as well. Um, and you just look and you go, wow, like that's just absolutely amazing. 
and to confine that into something as simple as, well, on Monday, God did this, and on Tuesday, God did this, and on, you know, it's just, it's so limiting. I, I think, you know, so many times we do that in general. We, we put limits on on God, and we put God in these little, in these little boxes because it's, it's what we can, it's what we can kind of comprehend, comprehend and handle and deal with. But beyond that, like, we're just kind of uh, inept and, and unable to actually do anything. But then, so in seminary, my wife would make fun of us because we use the word steward all the time. So like, like the creation story is great, but for me, it's always a, okay, so what or and what so what do we do and christina would always make fun of us because we're talking about being good stewards of everything you have to be good stewards of your money you have to be good stewards blah 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 well, that, stewards of creation right that comes back to being stewards of creation and actually taking care of what god has provided for us and what god has created for us well and, and understanding what what a steward is and that we, we are um basically we're put in charge of taking care of, of something in someone else's stead. So it's kind of one of those situations where, where it's God's creation. God created it. It's God's creation. But then he turns to humanity and says, I want you to take care. So it's when you go on vacation and you've got someone to take care of your kids and your house and, and your dog and whatever, it's you're really hoping when you come back home, you still have the dog, the kids, and the house to come home to. Uh, yes. <laughs> that, you know, that, 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 that it's been taken care of. And that's, a gr- been... that's a great, great, great analogy. I love it. I may steal it at some point. <laughs> um, I may or may not credit you with that analogy <laughs> that's because fine. I may not remember. But that is that is an absolute beautiful and brilliant analogy because you're right. When so our neighbors, Len, I know you're not listening, but if you are, where are you at, man? Like our neighbors went on vacation, they locked, they closed up their house, put their hurricane shutters down, said, Anime Quinn, go get, can you get our mail for us? And and they're like, Oh yeah, we blah blah blah, we'll get our mail. Their expectations that when they come home, their house will be in order. Their mail will be there for them when they get home. Not like we've been in their house and ransacked it and uh, had a nice, oh, we have a party in their house. You could. Come on over. We're having a party at the neighbor's house. They're not home. Have a kegger. Um, The expectation is not that your kids have a kegger with the entire high school showing up and trashing your house like you see in Hollywood all the time. It's that when you come back. That I might have done in college, but you know. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Neither here nor there. Um, And it's like, you know, so... The expectation is that, yeah, when 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 God overlooks it, hey, you know, you're this is how I created it, and you are actually caring for it, and the things that we've done have improved creation and allowed it to be more sustainable and and beautiful and yada yada yada, and not so much um, wrecked it, right, and threw up on it and smashed it and. Yeah, and 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 look at you know look, look at the, uh, you know the the disaster that you you come home and and find your house trashed and um, things are broken and whatever and you know you're you're kind of ticked off when when you come back and find that. So, it, it, ooh, guys, gonna be mad. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's the same. It's the same basic principle. Is that is what has happened? Um, yeah. And then, and the next question that, of course, comes out because we're going to skip pretty much ahead. So I, I feel fine talking about this part of the story too. Going sure. into so, okay, the fall happens. 
the not the, leaves falling off of trees. No, just to be clear, no, the, the not, quote, pu- not pumpkin call, spice seasoning or seasoning. Why we call it quote the fall from grace? Because it's really not a fall from grace. Because God still gives us grace. Um, it's more of an awakening, I guess you might say, of where, where we become yeah. turned in on ourselves. We become much more self-centered. You know, Eve plucks the apple off the tree because that's what art told us. Or here in Florida, oranges off the tree. Whatever fruit. Yeah, yeah whatever fruit it was. Um, and and that, that idea that in terms of, and I, I've talked to some rabbis about their interpretation of, of the creation story just because, you know, this is their text and how are they understanding it? And, um, for a lot of them, uh, in, in especially the reformed tradition for them, this is, a, this actually is a story of evolution. This is a story about human evolution, going from children to kind of grown ups. where when you're a kid, you know, you have things protected and whatever, but then as you grow up, you become more aware of the things. And of course you got to try the things and, and we, do the we, things. We call that adulting. Yes. Like our yes. society so has now called that adulting. They started adulting and went, oh man, adulting sucks. Yeah. And, and so for, <laughs> for, for the, the rabbis, it was basically, um, Adam and Eve became adults Yeah. and, and all of the adulty kind of ways of reacting to things took over of um how we tend to you know but but for them it was necessary it was we need to do that because then as you kind of progress through your adolescence adulthood whatever when you kind of get closer maybe to the end of your life a little bit you start realizing Oh, oh, maybe I didn't have all the answers. So, maybe um, there's a whole lot more out there that I just don't understand. This, this is that you know, circle back to a, f- a month or so ago when our our text and theme was about uh, our children or, or our children not yeah. living up to our expectations. We go, why? Like we we adults have already made these mistakes. You don't have to make them too. I promise. Like we can help you avoid them, but. You got to go through it. Got to go through it. You got to go through it. There's something about the process yeah. of, of having to go through it. Um, and that, that notion of, you know, everything in the, that we are, you know, the, so that it, along with our creative, I, I talked a little bit about, are we going to create for good or for evil? So for example, um, discovering nuclear energy, good or bad. <laughs> I'm going to say bad. And I know that's hard. The, the So the creation itself, I guess, isn't the issue. It's it's what we do with it's it. It's what we do with it. And that um, becomes the, the thing is, is, is all, all. So it's, so it's not, it's not just what we do with it. It's if it goes wrong, it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, where for instance, like solar power, it's hard to go horribly wrong. I bet we could find a way. I'm sure we could. (laughs) Um, Um, But but I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like nuclear power in and of itself is okay, but nuclear technology has been, again, co-opted for for evil. Again, and it's one of those things where you can use it as this really great way, you know, for energy and um, that kind of stuff. But we also use it to make bombs and bomb people. And, and we had the capacity at one point in time um, to nuke and destroy the earth. I don't know how many hundreds of times over. 
Because um, once isn't enough. Yeah, once wasn't enough. We had to have a whole bunch to just really completely annihilate the earth. Um, and it so we have that and, and i found it very like why did we i'm sorry no go ahead why why in god's name did we think we needed to be able to blow up the earth not once not tw but hundreds of times like again at some point you have to go well it only takes one We're like no but we need like, if that's not sort of a microcosm of... Mutually assured destruction. Yeah, and just our ignorance. I, I mean, and, just, and see, I, I mean, it's, it's astounding that, that, we, were, that we, were, we were led to believe, or people believed, uh, I'm going to throw this in the government's lab, that our military needed enough nuclear weapons to destroy the world hundreds of times yeah. and we said oh yeah that's a way better that's way better to spend our money on than i don't know like starving kids or poverty and again i'm not saying that we shouldn't have a military and protection and things like that but at some point if you can destroy the world hundreds of times at, at what point do you see that as excessive just like, a little bit like at some point you have you you really need to scratch your head and go well do we really need another one? And somebody said yes. Yeah. And why? Cha-ching. Yep. I, I just, sorry. I. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I sometimes, kind of maybe the way I, I look at it too is, part of why God didn't want us to have that knowledge was he knew we weren't ready for it. I think that might be part of of what that was involved was he knew we were not ready. We had not we had not evolved to the point where we were ready to to make good choices. That we weren't we weren't ready to make good choices when those things came along. Yeah. Well, um, and we're not evolving now either. And we're... clearly we didn't because what's the next thing that happens? You get Cain and Abel. And so the question then becomes so we're getting back to the whole taking care of things. What's the question Cain asks when God can't find Abel? And he asks Cain, where is your brother? Uh, oh, no. He says, know. am I my brother's keeper? Uh, yeah. Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, Whole rest of the Bible answers that question. Know. Whole rest of the Bible answers That's that true. question. And the answer is... Yes. The yeah, is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, we, I'm like, I'm oh, sorry. The what's answer the question? is, I'm sorry. I was waiting yes, for you to answer. Yes, you yes. are. Yes, we are each other's keeper. Yes, the we answer absolutely is we are, are, and each it's other's throughout keeper. all of Scripture. And but so much of the time, um, our response to things are, is that's not my we're problem. We're stuck there. Yeah, we're stuck at Cain and Abel. Yeah, we're stuck at that question of Am I my brother's keeper? Am I responsible for what? You know, my my brother where my brother is, what my brother's doing. Thank God that's not the text for this coming week because, yeah. good Lord, because I don't know that we really even want to wrestle with that. Yeah. Because I think we know the answer. Like, all you got to do is walk outside your house and you can answer the question of, you know, do, do we feel like we're responsible for each other? And I think too often that answer is no. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, and it breaks my heart to say it. Um, and And for some reason, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
It's a divisive thing to say that we're to care for, that we are to care for other people. Yeah. It, like, like, like it's, it's divisive in, in our it, current climate to say that we're actually supposed to care about other people. Which in Christianity should not be the case because no. it's kind of the whole crux of Christianity right, is, right. is about caring about one another. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the calling is, is, am I my brother's keeper? And yeah, you are. Um, and then, you know, goes on to, you know, more expanding upon in terms of, you know, love your neighbor, love your enemies, et cetera, is, but, but the idea is, yes, we are supposed to be caring about one another. We're supposed to. And that starts at the beginning of creation. Yeah. Like the one another isn't just your fellow, your fellow human being. It's all of creation. It's all it's of the creation. Whole thing. It's the whole thing. But it gets, but because everything kind of gets focused in on how humans interact, um, you know, the, the Bible becomes much more focused on, on human relationships as opposed to our relationship with creation. Yeah, we're self-centered. Yeah, a little bit. But, you know, that, because that's, you know, it, it's, it's us writing it. So we're, we're focused on our interpersonal relationships and our relationship with God and all of that. But the beauty of, again. Which, which is fine. Which is fine. But again, we still miss the mark, right? Right. Like, like it's, it's, if, if we're to say, if we're to say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to worry about creation. There's a, we're just going to focus on being our brother's keeper, caring for one another, and that part of stewardship. That's fine, but we're not doing that either. Yeah. So that's a lousy Well, excuse. I'll tell you, there, there is one verse in Revelation 11 that always gets me. Cha-ching! Back to Revelation. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Where it says, God will destroy those who destroy the earth. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, not a lot of love and grace there. I get it. Um, but I mean, it's revelation. It has some of that kind of language where it's, um, but it also has a lot of language about the nations being healed and blah, 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 blah. But there is that moment of, of God's wrath and anger at what has happened to creation yeah. and that the, the earth was destroyed by us. Yeah. And well, think about it. I mean, you spend seven days, six days, haha, back to that six days thing. Not really true. But you spend time creating something and it gets destroyed. Mm -hmm. Anybody happy about that? Yeah. Well, it's like coming home to your house and finding your house right. trashed. Right. Yeah. No, you're not happy about that. Or your, your kids haven't been fed and yeah. <laughs> you're, which, I mean, which kind of continues the, the analogy. Your kids aren't being fed. Your, your, your dog is, is out running wild. Um, the, it's a bad country song. Yeah, and and um, your your house has been trashed, and you come back and go, why aren't you taking care of my kids? Why aren't you taking care of my home? Why aren't you taking care of my pets? What what happened here? What what, what why <laughs> why'd you do this? But dude, I gave you something good. <laughs> but dude, we had an awesome party, man. It was great. I'm really sorry we trashed your stuff, God, but the party was fantastic. We've been having thousands of years worth of parties, and it's just... I'm guessing that's not going to fly. Well, you know, there's where the grace part comes in. <laughs> and that's why you got to go, ooh, yeah, thank goodness we have a God who loves us. Yeah. So I did throw a party one time when my parents were gone. I never did. Mom, Dad I never did. did. I did. Um, thought I could hide it, but there was a little too much damage done. Um, and so they, they discovered it and man, was I grounded. Um, even though I didn't even live at home anymore, <laughs> I, 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 I lived in the dorms. Um, but, oh, I was in trouble. It was, you're not allowed to ever have friends over to um, our house without us here again. And, you know, kind of, kind of thing. And, 
Um, yeah, um, there was there were there were consequences. There yeah. there were consequences to to not taking care of the house the way I was supposed to yeah. and, and trashing it. Um, I tried to put it back in order. Um, I tried really hard to put it back in order, but guess what? Humpty Dumpty when he falls off that wall. <laughs> Sometimes. Well, and, and are we at that point, you know, back to creation, you know, are we at that point where we're going to struggle to put it back together? Well, I mean. So I think, I think one of the interesting pieces, you know, COVID shut down a year and a half ago, whatever it was, we saw a little bit of an environmental back. rejuvenation. Um, not that not that we should be celebrating COVID, but you know, the lesson I think is that, you know, creation can restore itself to some degree. But and quite th rapidly. But there is a point of no return in some instances where, you know, you've passed that ability. Oh. Um, and, and it is time for us to kind of become stewards and look at creation and go, okay, maybe, how can we better care for it? Um, you know, I mean, they teach this in elementary school. Yeah. You know, reuse, recycle, reduce, and you know, those things at the starting point. But, you know, we we have some work to do in terms of creation. So, and, and I'd love to say that, you know, as dark as some of this conversation went, that next week's going to be better, but don't hold your breath. Yeah, next week is uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac and, and the sacrificing of, uh, or p potential sacrificing of Isaac. That's a fun story. You get to preach on that. Yeah, I spent the morning staring at multiple translations of the Bible going, uh, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. So, hey, you'll find out soon. Yeah. You'll, and you'll, ho hopefully I will too. Yeah, you find out this weekend where where Pastor Chad goes with that, and then we will talk about it this again this time next week. So um, we will talk to you then. Bye. See ya.